are tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Johnson. Oh, AfterBuzz TV. The destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hello, everyone. And welcome to the Americans After Show, Season 3, Episode 9, Do Male Robots Dream of Electric Sheep? I am Adrian Snow. You can follow me on Twitter and the Instagram at Miss Adrian Snow, M-S-A-D-R-I-N-S-N-O-W. And here's the rest of my panel. What are your names? Uh, you could follow me at MattRitterComedy.com uh, on Twitter. Matt Ritter won, and don't follow me into my apartment because it was just broken into. Oh, Maybe no. it's because I said it on this panel. It was an ordeal. Uh, that's because the, I said you could follow me into my apartment. It was probably somebody. somebody from took it very literally. That's why you don't make jokes. Yeah, you don't right. joke around about Don't that. joke around <laughs> about burglaries. Okay, yeah. it's not that's funny. Matt Ritter, yeah. by the way. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Follow <laughs> Followed you in just to let you know why don't you know what necklacing yeah. is? Yeah. Oh, that's why. It was somebody giving me the business. Anyway, anyway, sorry. Yo, Adrian. I am at Twitter at Radio TFB, and you can also find me on Josh Richmond. And what's your name? I'm Josh Richmond. Thank you. <laughs> like you can follow me. Hi, Josh. Hi. Uh, I'm Ben Bateman. You can follow me at Ben Bateman Media at Instagram and Twitter. On Instagram, I'm at, but we can just move on. Um. Yes. So, uh, with that said, as always, please subscribe to us. I just almost fell out of my chair on YouTube. <laughs> SoundCloud. It's a goofy night tonight. Uh, and iTunes. Uh, we love to hear your thoughts. We do read everything. Like, sometimes... To the point of everything. Ouch. Um, I'm so sorry. I'll apologize for being born in 1986 and having no idea what necklace is. It's your fault. It's your fault. It's my fault because I was born like right at that weird time where I didn't comprehend what apartheid was until after it ended. So I'm, I was it. born in the 70s and I just apologize for not remembering everything about European yeah. history. And it's unfortunate. <laughs> Eastern but, European history and South African history. But we hope you accept our apology and we can move on from it and go yeah. on. To be yeah. clear, to we're all big fans of this show. We are huge We fans. watch the show and then we Review the show immediately. And sometimes afterwards. we ingest content about the show in the week leading up to it, but we don't necessarily read about every piece of history that relates to the show prior to watching the episode. Yeah. Not always. So that's just one thing. We try as much as we can. Yeah, we're we bring as much the show context as we can. More than the history. Yes. Yes, I'm a big fan of television, fictional accounts of history. I'm not that big a fan of actual. Yeah. But look. But with that said, yeah. particularly tonight, man, I've been, thoughts. I have been waiting for this episode ever since I saw the title spoiled on IMDb because it's a Philip K. Dick reference to male robots dream of electric sheep. That's awesome. This episode did not disappoint. For sure, my favorite episode of the season so nice. far. I'm going to go one step further. Favorite episode of the show. And I think I said that a couple episodes ago. I felt like, and that was an argument at the time, like that was the most exciting. This was pound for pound for me, not even close, the best episode of the show. Like, I, I'm, I'm going on record. It's going to get nominated for an Emmy. I would go one step further, further, and say oh. Lois Smith, start polishing your Golden Globe or your Emmy for guest star. Mm-hmm. Do the, the Emmys do that or just the Globe? She'll just, get it. It's uh, like, it'll be a creative arts Emmy because she's not a... Yeah. I'm going to go one step further than all of you and Whoa, say the entire Americans production will win the Super Bowl this year. Wow. 
What's the score? Wow. Um, 45 to 0. <laughs> nice. Nice. Over Louis. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, great, you guys. Are you going to go I... one step further, Adrian? You know, I'm not that competitive. I don't know. Okay. I'm not trying to talk okay. y'all. So okay. I'm not going to. So we're at, we're at that step. We, we've just yes. decided there were a lot of awards for this episode. Comedy works in threes. No need <laughs> to complicate things. Uh, <laughs> when it's time for us to all go to the pearly gates, the Americans will be let in first. That's there. right. No, so. but yeah, legitimately, there was, I mean, there was, this was such an intense emotional Jeez. episode. Mm-hmm. There was a really, a really unique structure, I think. You, I think you started and ended with some intense moments, but in between, it really got long and meditative and was mm-hmm. willing to kind of hold. I think it, it all tied together thematically really well it really worked for me yeah it was a beautiful show I was crying the whole time I was in tears yeah Yeah. I was like looking around I was like doing the thing where I was like I was crying on the outside (laughs) I just have no heart there was no tear no tear nothing did you feel it inside yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A little bit. How about you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but only on the inside. I mean, <laughs> I am a man. Oh, okay. Hey, uh, so what, what? what you guys are saying is that I don't have a website and I cry during the show? No, I yes. cried a little bit. <laughs> so we looked at each other. We had a moment. Nobody's, moment. nobody's judging the tears. I just, okay. I'm hollow inside. So with that, with that said, um, shall we move on to the topic of Martha? Yeah. yeah. So everyone, what did we all think of that, that first introduction, introduction of her into the show this uh, episode I think um, this was a fascinating turn that took me by surprise yeah and I think the best way to show somebody that you trust trust was a huge buzzword Mm -hmm. on this episode I think the best way to show somebody that they can trust you is by volunteering spy information yeah that was I guess when she said um Now I know. I was kind of like, what do you know? You know nothing. That you love me. (laughs) Okay, is that what you needed? Okay. Okay, girl. Okay. Um, I mean, I'll say that, like, before that that scene, when when Philip was talking to Elizabeth, and and Elizabeth was saying, you got to do something now, and Philip was saying, wait, because I trust her. Yeah. I was saying, you trust her? Really? I mean, kind of nuts. But he turns out he was right. I mean, they've they've been in that. The, well, when I guess when Gabriel called it the Martha operation, I was like, oh, I've just never really thought of it like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's been in that operation for what going on two years Couple now. Couple years, yeah. So I would feel like there would be some level of trust, and and it was a, a strong, an interesting testament to Martha that she chose to be loyal to Clark. You know, even though now she knows she has no idea who this man is, she has no idea what his history is, and she's probably never going to know, she still decided to say, hey, I'm going to be loyal to you, we're going to have a nice dinner, and I'm going to tell you where you can put your next bug. I also think that in a way, you know, if I'm, I'm Martha and I'm processing this, and I made the decision to let this person continue to be in my life as a stranger, uh, how do I bring him closer? Right. That's what she's trying to do. I mean, that yeah. was the, the nice dinner, you know, the, the voluntary information about this, the, the male robot. I think it's her way of saying, I, I want him in my life, but I also want him to truly love me. So how do I do that? I wonder that, too. I wonder if she's playing a longer game. It's entirely She possible. might be. She might be playing him. I thought this was really a fascinating turn early in the episode because the first line is, is Elizabeth asks him, how do you know she won't say anything? And his line, as you said, is because I trust her. So obviously that's like first, it's a statement on her. It's also a statement on Elizabeth, which is like a great setup because you know what's going on with him. He doesn't entirely trust her anymore. And then when they're in the scene, I thought it was a really subversive way that the writers gave us this like kind of tragedy in their relationship when she started to volunteer that information. Because the whole thing felt very hollow. It's like you, it's almost like you found out your wife has cheated on you and you guys are trying to have dinner and pretend like it didn't happen and everybody's being a little too nice. 
And then she starts to volunteer the information, and it just and that's when they cued the music and the violin starts to play a little bit. And I just was like, God, this is sad. And I thought it was going to be the isolated moment in the episode that we felt mm-hmm. as we found out later. Obviously, that same tone carried through a lot of the episode. But I thought that was an amazing way to show the role reversal and kind of Clark's vulnerability in some ways mm-hmm. to her. Mm-hmm. The fact that he he's not going to just pull a gun. The fact that he's not going to just try to get rid of her. And he says, because I trust her. It's like he trusts his fake wife more than his real wife. Yeah, she's kind of in control of the relationship again now. It's, it's like weird, he, right? He, he needs her. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I said it last week. I think I, I truly think, I don't know where that line is, but I think he has real real feelings for her. Yeah, like real. I don't know if he knows how to, you know, put that. It seems like their lines are getting really harder and harder. Blurry, yeah. And I think he loves her. That's sort of what I feel. When and I, you saw it on his face when she starts to talk at, at dinner. And you, you could legitimately see it on his face. He's almost like, the look was like, I don't know what to do with yeah. you. Yeah. I don't know what to do with you because I don't know what I'm I didn't see that. He Also, I think he didn't see that coming. Yeah. It's an investment. You yeah. know, whether or not it started from a genuine place <laughs> over time, just like what happened with him and Elizabeth, over time there is an investment, even though Philip kind of comments on on how it started for him with him and Elizabeth, and we'll touch on yeah. that later. It, it's interesting to see that you know maybe it's not the same type of love that he has for Elizabeth, but there is a love there. There is a, a, a trust and a desire to protect there. It's just like the movie She Is All That. You know, at first, <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. was uh, dating Rachel Lee Cook as a bet, but then real feelings developed. Totally. that's what happens when you spend time so with somebody. So what we're saying But she is found that... out about the bet and yes. then you had to overcome that. Yeah. yeah. You're saying it was just a bet? Yeah. It's just a just bet? Martha's like, I'm just a bet? This is ridiculous. <laughs> All relationships. If you just start yeah. fake... You know, from the top, then eventually you will develop real feelings. Eventually, right. eventually. Every, eventually, every type of relationship you will develop real feelings. You could hate the and, person eventually. And, and Gabriel is Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah. Yes. 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 No, yeah. Gabriel is. I don't want to say. Usher? Was it Paul Walker? It was Paul Walker. Oh, oh. oh. Gabriel's oh. kind of Paul Walker. Rolls reverse. Freddie Prince is the good. Is the yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Gabriel's right. kind of Paul Walker. Paul Walker's and the. And then she's all that comparison. I love. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it was no, it was a really surprising turn when I didn't see coming. When the kind of keeps Martha in the mix in an unexpected mm-hmm. way, but also really highlights the theme that we hit over and over again this episode. And and one of the great themes of this show in general is you know that tension between love and country. Yeah, this is like you can see this is how like you know American traitors are kind of made. You know it happens over time, and it, and love love is a more powerful motivator than country to people. Love is one of the most powerful things. Like, if you want to get somebody to do something for you, that's a pretty and good way to do it. <laughs> so, the sacrifice yeah. is... To, I yeah. mean, it's a sacrifice. She made a sacrifice. major, major yeah. sacrifice of her, you know, job already, but right. now she's way further down the rabbit hole. Now she's a spy. Because, all, because essentially. She's in, all because she's in love with somebody she knows she doesn't even really know yeah. on some level. That was an interesting point that I, I wrote down... Um, towards the end, especially with the whole Stan and Oleg scene, I was like, oh my god, they've all become Russian spies. Without even <laughs> meaning to it, yeah. they've all gotten to this point where they're all working with the Russians in some way to help benefit the Russians. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It was kind of funny to see like, oh, the Americans. We've got all, half the FBI. <laughs> we've got our, half uh, the FBI yeah. on our payroll. So it's crazy. Plus, plus, who knows, right? Yeah, Gabriel alluded to janitors and yeah. and whatnot. How many? Who knows how many other people well, in that office? Are, I think he was more alluding to like their people get. that they could get. Yeah, right. But you know, with that said, Martha is a key asset. She is close to um, the he- well. Like somebody was yeah, like, he's the head of the operation. We were just talking about of that, yeah, regional of that regional office, office. to be yes. clear, everybody. Um, so it, it is, 
I think she's the the best bet that they have at this moment. You know, so they probably want to hold on to her for as long as possible. Yeah. But, and now I'm thinking she might survive the season again. You know, she, you never know. We shall see. Bad guy. <laughs> that guy's still there. It's still in times. the drawer. I stick yeah. with my prediction. Yeah. yeah. Did anyone else have any other thoughts on that? Yeah. Mm-mm. So we're moving on to Todd and Hans. Hans. A tied in, I think it tied into the sacrifices you'll make for somebody you care about to get Lord. back oh, in. For sure. To get back in. Uh, can we just discuss just right off the bat how he he put up a good fight, Todd, with a bullet in his eyeball Eye. yeah. directly in there. Put up a pretty better fight than Daryl Hannah in, uh, you know, Kill, <laughs> Kill Bill. Well... I think Daryl Hannah's reaction was a little bit more realistic to how you would react with an eyeball. With yeah, an eyeball, but, but she had two pulled out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's fair. <laughs> I yeah, he handled it really well. He was like, "There's a bullet in my eyeball, but I will fight you." The yeah. first eyeball, I think she took okay. The second eyeball is what she really right, did. Right, I feel like right. the writers of the show are just sort of like, "Okay, guys, we've already kind of set the precedent, so let's just try to keep beating ourselves. Like, let's just try to keep like the the, the body in a suitcase episode, like." The, the pulling the tooth. Let's just try to get like worse and more gruesome and more uncomfortable. How much for the can audience. we take as an it's audience? It's actually become a lot more violent. I noticed that because I'm not gonna lie. I used to kind of watch the Americans for the sex scenes and um, <laughs> come for the sex scenes. Stay for the gruesome bullet in the eye. So this this season, I'm like, oh, they they don't have that much sex anymore. But there's been a lot more. Like violent scenarios happening in each episode. But so it's I, interesting to see that. But I like off. the I like the way Americans does their action scenes mm-hmm. because they are brutal and they are intense, but they're short. They're these short, punctuating yeah. moments. Yeah. It's otherwise really long, you know, kind of dialogue-driven episodes. I will say the the luggage scene was a little long for my taste. Yeah, that, <laughs> I don't need to see like that many bones broken. <laughs> um, but yeah, just this was the right amount of strangulation, timing yeah. wise. They must shoot it sex for violence. A realistic <laughs> strangulation. No, it was not. We were talking about yeah. that. Yeah, uh, in real life, uh, strangulation does not happen like that. You can't just hold somebody's like neck for like thirty. But seconds. But again, we don't know what's going on with his body shutting down from the bullet. In the eyeball. Uh, True story, guys. We're just like you. The conversations we have while watching are, it's way, way harder to kill someone in real life than that. Like, that's well, it like, is. This is what I know about. I don't know it's about true. necklacing. I know about how long it takes to strangle somebody. Don't Josh ask me why. That's the, one thing, that's the one thing I remember learning, or, well, I, I remember a multitude of things, but the thing we had to learn in uh, stage combat, that in order to learn stage combat, you have to know, like, how to actually do all those things, and then you just miss. And our teacher at one point stopped us, and he's like, "If you're going to do a strangulation scene, I don't want it to be fake. So you're going to st- you're going to s- stand on stage for about five to seven minutes, and you're going to sh- fake strangle this person because that's how long it takes in real life." <laughs> and we're all like, "What?" He's like, two minutes to lose consciousness, and then another five for yeah. them to die." And I was like, "Oh my god." I like the Game of Thrones <laughs> method where you just smush the guy's face really that's quickly. That's pretty much the best right. way to go. If you can yeah. just break the neck, that's yeah. probably just the best. Just pop the eyeballs out. Yeah. <laughs> so now you know how morbid that the Americans <laughs> panel is. Um, I, although, although, I was going to say, although, I didn't feel anything about that, but we both cried about the old lady. Well, yeah, yeah that was really sad, and we'll yeah. get to that. Yeah. I will say with Hans... <laughs> I'm I'm a freak of nature because when he threw him down on the ground to start strangling him, I was like, God, I'm so turned on by Hans right now. <laughs> 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 and I was like, What is wrong with you? Well, it's look, springtime. There's just always out there. there's always been a thin line between the sex scenes and the action scenes of this show. The action scenes are supposed to feel are supposed to feel intimate like that. 
You yeah, know? so that was an interesting turn. It was nice to see Hans. I just get really hot all of a sudden. It was <laughs> well, nice to see Hans. Um, <laughs> oh, that Hans! He really knows Hans. how to throw around. He well, Hans, well, his body. Yeah. What's I mean, funny? What's funny about you say that is like we're allowed. To, are we allowed to curse on this? Nah, we get no. like we. Get, it's like the FX rule. We get like two shits. I think. Oh, we get two sh- shits. <laughs> Why well, won't? Because if you just use both of them, thanks guys. Oh. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 say it, say it. Say no, it. like the, the term "fucker fight." Like the uh, yeah. it, it, right. Every time somebody in the show finds out that somebody else has done something, or like somebody gets, I always feel like there's the stare that happens, and it's that moment. And so when she's when Elizabeth at the very beginning of the episode is looking at Hans, and he's like, "You can't, you can't use me anymore." She's like, "Not in that way." It was like. You guys, and then oh, and then in the car, when he goes, I killed him. And she goes, really? And they're talking. There's a part of me that's like, is she gonna kill him, or are they gonna start making out? What's gonna happen? It, yeah. Like I, next I episode, like, something. It's like Mr. and Mrs. Smith. It's like totally. okay, and we're fighting, <laughs> and then we're on the ground, and there's blood yeah, all over right. us, and shards of glass. There's you know? a lot of those moments in this show. I feel like it is a very aggressive act. That sex, it's very aggressive. So on that note, I thought that. Uh, it was, it was interesting to see Hans display that kind of violence because we hadn't really seen that from him before. We weren't sure if that was something he was going to be capable of. Yeah. And for him to pick, like, the hardest way to kill someone, I was like, dang. Very he messy. He's, he's trying hard. to do what Elizabeth did, you know, just a clean gun sh- a clean shot to the head, and it didn't work out like that. Yeah. Hans became an <laughs> interesting funny. character for the first time, I think, this mm-hmm. episode. He hadn't really been doing it for me so far, but for for one thing, I think this is the first time I realized he's in love with Elizabeth, right? Yeah. yeah. For sure. He's Stepped up be. his game for her. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, this is why he's doing it. He says it's all about, you know, fighting apartheid and stuff, but for sure he's doing but it But he ends her. it by saying it's for her. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. was his John Cusack moment. The bullet right. in the eye was yeah. his, you know, <laughs> his but well, you had the inkling, right? You just weren't sure. I had the idea, but it was yeah. really clear at this yeah, yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, yeah. And now it's like, he, you know, all of a sudden he's, you know, that's like, that was like, he's like a straight up murderer now. That was just a full on murder scene, him like killing this other college student. Yeah. All for well, well, also, but I mean. He's a spy. He's a spy. Yeah, he's yeah, kind of a spy, yeah. Guy, he's like a know. spy in training. And he was, but this wasn't his mission. He wasn't supposed to do this. Well, mm. now all of our predictions about Todd, like, coming after Hans, <laughs> right. shot. And, right, you know, yeah. kudos yeah. to Hans for just being so much more badass than I think we gave him credit yeah. for. And he has a sweet <laughs> accent. Yeah, his yeah. action got a lot. Hans was just doing it for me this this episode. You're into Hans. It's all about that Hans. <laughs> Got, uh, Hans, buddy. Uh, actor whose name I should know offhand. If you want to come on the show, Hans. my spot in this chair. Yeah. Hans, buddy. I'm single. Um, anyways. So, any other notes on Todd? I'm really getting hot. It's just hot in here. Yeah. Summertime, spring. Nah. I don't know. Any other thoughts on that? No, I really want to get into the, uh, to the... So, we'll, we'll dash through Oleg, Stan, and Zanita. Oh man, he hit him too hard. He did that thing where you know you're like you're in it together. Right. He, he was hit him smirking too hard. the entire time he he's talking hard. to him in the car. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious. He hit yeah. him real hard with that gun. Yeah. Yep. Hey, early in the season he was going to kill him, and now it's so. just this is the bit best thing. This now, was over, and now they're Nina. sharing a beer. That is such a male thing. Yeah. Okay, one moment I'm going to kill you. Next move, let's have a beer. Share a beer. Yeah, I mean this whole like I know I've said it the the whole storyline. I'm trying to re- like like so he says. If we get Zaneda, he's like, we got to try this thing. It'll be dangerous. It's super dangerous if we get caught, but it's our only chance to get Nina back. What's the, how does, I, that, I how does that work? Yeah. I don't know how this is connected to Nina anymore okay. at all. I was just making sure that I wasn't yeah. the only one who was totally <laughs> in the dark about that. I was like, did I forget something from last episode? Is there some operation well, where they can... Well, he mentioned something well, when he first approached okay. Oleg about Zaneda and about possibly how her being a spy might be able, there might be a way for them to swing it to get... Like trade. Well, the thought oh, was right, trade. I think it's a trade. Yeah, right. I think they were going to. Like if that. it turns out she was, then they just 
hold her. Train a notable political traitor for a completely irrelevant, like, <laughs> yes. imprisoned woman. Yeah. Right. It's not a fair That's deal. You have to throw in a first-round pick in yeah. another draft. <laughs> it's not a great plan. But what was what, what did Oleg say that he wanted to do instead? He wanted to... Is he going to become the spy that He's the double spy for them now. I'm so confused. I can't remember what I, um, told that chick. I, I did put together something else that had, that had been on my mind, which is why, you know, why is Oleg's dad trying to get him back to Russia? Mm-hmm. Now it kind of makes sense, because if Zineda is actually been a Russian spy this whole time, and Oleg is trying to, like, uncover that, and the Minister of Railways was probably knows that, because he's high up enough, so that would be why he's trying to get, like, his meddling son out of it. But the last time mm-hmm. Oleg commented on Zineda, he was talking to... The new Nina Russian lady, whose name I cannot remember. The new Nina, that's all I call her. Uh, And he was saying how he wanted to play the Americans. Like, he wanted to... He was saying, well, what if we did have a double spy? What if we had somebody who gained the trust of the Americans? And she said, well, we don't have anyone like that. And he's like, well, what if we did? And so I thought he was kind of going off of the thing of him turning someone or doing that to a Stan. Yeah. So I, I guess... I I don't know why. I think his dad's just like a control freak. It might be, but I've got a feeling it's connected. Mm. I've got a feeling it's connected somehow. It's not just a dad wanting his son around. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's so. Not, not just at all. Love. It's not just love. It's not, it's not just, just love. I mean, minister of, of transportation this wanting whole, his son around. This whole plot full of double and triple agents is super complicated. Yeah. But I I like it because there's a purpose for it. I think it's so complicated that even the players don't know exactly why they're doing the things they're doing anymore at this point. Mm. Like I think Stan is so far gone with in, with this Zeneda plot that he. Doesn't realize he's like attracting suspicion around the FBI office. Like I'm going to get into a more in predictions, but I think he he might have given himself. There away. was a look. Yeah, yeah you right. saw, well, we all caught that look in yeah, the office yeah. after he left. So yeah. I thought about this because so there's the initial moment when the pens discovered last episode. Mm-hmm. I think it's last of the episode before that, and they discovered and it's it's uh, Adderholt and Gad and Stan. And they're, the three of them are standing around, and they all sort of look at each other. Like, mm-hmm. Did you know about this sort of a thing? You know what I mean? Like, what do we do? Yeah. And at that moment, and we've talked before that Adderholtz may be, like, a little a little fishy. But then this def- this episode, you definitely got a little bit more of a sense that, yeah, people maybe are looking at Stan. And maybe... Because I remember at the beginning of the season, we were talking on this panel, that we all said Stan's a really good FBI agent. And then about three episodes ago, we all agreed he's a terrible FBI Wait, agent. I've never ever said Stan's a good FBI agent. I've always said he's, like... I'm telling you, at the beginning of the season, I remember. <laughs> no, it was I, mean, I think it was after... He did have a big victory early in the season. Right? I said he was a middle management for life FBI agent. But here's the thing. To your point... You you're screw, wrong, Ben. You you're screw wrong, up you're once. Wrong. No, you screw up once, and you're an idiot. You screw up twice, and you're a suspect. You right. know what yeah. I mean? Like, you, you don't just drop, you know, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. Pen, the pen thing is fine. Okay, maybe he's an idiot, and it, went, it happened behind his back. Now somebody but, gets to her I mean, on how, his watch. How could he not think that that was suspicious? Like, there's no way that people weren't going to look at him and be like, you didn't do your job. He knows he's on the hot seat for sure now. I mean, if you want to connect the dots that accuse Stan of being a spy in some way, they've been setting this up the entire series. I mean, remember when Stan uh, killed that Russian spy yeah, in season, yeah. one? season one? Super suspicious. He shacked up with a Russian a informant what? early on. I mean, he's definitely... He, he's, he, this is why I would say I would never say that he was a good FBI agent. <laughs> Middle management for life. That's so crazy. cunning. No, so I think I actually, I actually do think he was a good. He was mostly a good FBI agent until this season, and I think. I think it was. I think it's clear his personal life is supposed to be taking a toll on him. Like he's not as sharp as he used to be. Maybe I'm going to say that he was always a bad FBI agent because he's had two Russian spies living across the street from him Fair. for the past like three years. Fair. He got 
taken over by Nina about after a year being with her. He's tacky and he's just not good at it. I'm sorry. I'm I want to say I would love to see. You know, there's probably like a website where you can dig, dig deeper. I want to see the FBI grades of him every year, like the notes. Like Stan, uh, he's a little sloppy. Uh, he gets a little loose around women. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't no. let him leave anything in the office. He just seems really sad all the time. Yeah, yeah. he's sad. Yeah, he's not, he's, not a, he's not a positive guy. No. Adderholt is a very good FBI. He probably yes. has high he marks. Picks up on stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. He's well, overly ambitious, it probably yeah. says on his report card. He noticed the pen. I no think, one else did. <laughs> I, I actually think they're... That, the writing on this show is too smart for that. They're they're trying to suggest that. I think Adderholt's going to turn out to be... Well, I mean, we can get predictions. But. Well, I think I already mentioned that he's yeah. probably still a spy. Yeah, but right, that doesn't exactly, mean he's right. not a great FBI <laughs> agent. You yeah. know, we can be in it. Yeah. And by the way, we know that Gad wasn't the head of the FBI. That guy, he, his ranks are pretty low, too. He's yeah. now... Because now know. he's probably got a C plus rating. No, I don't know how the FBI works. Okay, like I'm not supposed to, right? No, right. Is he, what is is Gad the admiral of the FBI? Yeah. I think so. That's the position, yeah, right? that's how it works, right? Yeah. President, yeah, know, emperor, conqueror. Yes. On that note, let's get to the nitty gritty of Betty. Oh my god! Yeah. And her name her name was Betty. I confirmed yeah. it. Yeah, played by uh, Lois Smith. Lois, yeah. I just looked up some of her credits. It's unbelievable. She was in East of Eden with wow. James with Dean. James 1955. Dean, fifty six, fifty five. Wow. She was also in. Here's some of the hits: Five Easy Pieces, yeah. Fatal Attraction, okay. uh, Fried Green Tomatoes, Midnight Run, and I remember her True more Blood. recently. Yeah, <laughs> True Blood. But also, this one was in my head: Minari Report. Oh, oh, the oh, oh, party. oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my thing. God, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, IMDb, not me. <laughs> no credit for that. Uh, but, yeah. Oh, God, what a tour de force. So every year when you're watching, like, uh, the, the Emmy, uh, you know, nominations for writing, you always see, like, the show that gets nominated for the Emmy, and mm-hmm. it's it's some episode. You know, episode 7, some title you've never heard of. I remember mm-hmm. when I used to be a big fan of Sopranos, looking at which ones have been nominated and trying to think about what makes that episode the one. Mm-hmm. Why is it the, the one? And... Watching, thinking about this, because obviously it was a very effective episode. I was emotionally very effective watching it. It just, it says so much about what the show's supposed to be about. That conversation, mm. the whole thing from beginning to end, and the way she reacts to it, and then her little rant about, the, you know, you're evil, and so evil people doing all this stuff. I think it's like, this will be nominated for an Emmy. It might even win. Well, a quick sidebar about the Emmys, because for a more technical reason, I think you're right, which is that the episodes that usually get submitted for Emmys are the episodes that can stand alone the best. Exactly. Because, you can watch this because not knowing. most people haven't seen every season, every episode of every show. Yeah. This really did stand alone pretty well. They spent a lot of time kind of with uh, with Elizabeth and Betty and if you didn't know even if you didn't know the backstory, you could still understand why this was so effective. It's still a great scene. Yeah. I also yeah. really like that, you know, this was I mean not the first time, but usually it's sort of the other way around where Philip's gotta be you know, cajoled into killing somebody maybe mm. and now the last two weeks He's been the hardcore. He's, yeah, right. Yeah. So, you know, and this, I mean, you know, fine. So, you know, the, the, the last one was fine. The, the Todd ended up getting killed anyway. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this, this woman really, really affected Elizabeth yeah. on a really, really deep level that we haven't seen before. Yeah, you know, we start we started seeing Elizabeth at her most pragmatic, just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, we've seen her working with Hans all season, and she just goes, listen, Hans, you're gone. Sorry, mm-hmm. you screwed up, buddy. It's cold. You're, it's over just like that. At but, least she didn't uh, kill him. No, yeah. she, didn't, she didn't kill him, but she was, you know, still pretty ice cold. Yeah. Uh, like we're used to seeing Elizabeth, but but you know, which kind of set up nicely when this woman really got to her. I was shocked uh, to see them, for one, appear in that facility not in any type of costume. Yeah. Um. So for them to just go in as themselves, and then because I know even with them, 
it was at the end of last season when they had that truck driver and they were they were incognito or I can't think of the word that I'm trying yeah, to Yeah, disguise. Disguise, thank you. And um, they had to pull over that truck driver and they were deciding whether or not they should kill him and Elizabeth was like, you have to and Philip was like, I don't want to. So to kind of see that reversal happen where Elizabeth kind of tries to plead for this woman's life, you know, because she's bit. told her. Very little. Very little. <laughs> but you, can, you get the feeling that she's kind of like, she's talking about her husband and he was in the army for four years and, and how that affected her. Philip has no sympathy. And Philip just was like, <laughs> well, she just picked a bad time. Yeah. Moving on. So it, it was interesting to see that kind of reversal. It was also uh, interesting to have Elizabeth just be so honest, you know, and, and that was so scary as well so because you just sad. knew and she knew as well. I, I know. I th- and I think it's it's sad about their lie. The sad thing about their existence, Philip and Elizabeth, is that they can really only be honest with people they're going to kill. Yeah. Po- you know, once that decision was made, once it was, you know, Lois Smith was like, I'm not, you're not going to let me go. Mm-hmm. Then it was like, well, now I can tell you anything about my life and really reveal myself and yeah. have, yeah. An, have a moment with another human being even though I'm about to kill them it's a re- it was a really deep connection if I could try to maybe this is a stretch but trying to tie this into the title of this episode um, you know Philip and Elizabeth are kind of supposed to be robots being the right. most effective spies you could be means mm-hmm. you can't have feelings you can't be in love you just mm-hmm. have to execute for the good of the country mm-hmm. and so but you know the the title do mill do robot or do androids dream of electric sheep the original is kind of the idea you know do do robots or do automatons have a soul yeah. and so do Philip Philip and Elizabeth have a soul I think it's shown over and over again that they do even if they do monstrous things they're they can be really deeply affected if, at, if you catch them at certain moments and it's an excellent homage and reference to Blade Runner just in the sense that that's such a classic and popular piece of work yeah. based on the book for uh, do androids dream of electric sheep um, the director's cut yeah <laughs> and um, I thought it was really interesting that as soon as she drops the where are you from and she says Russia, as soon as she says the line, your heart sinks. And yeah, it was it was an amazing moment that, that you that, that honesty was just so brutal mm. and you just knew that she was gonna kill her. And we all have I mean, we all have moms. That was what was getting me. I, yeah. I don't know if you guys caught the exact like I'm assuming most people watching the episode are probably feeling the exact same thing. My mom is almost seventy. She mm. I was watching this woman and just being like I could not stop thinking about like my mom. What if she came across well, a spy? What would happen? Yeah, I mean, it was it was really tough because that woman embodied, you know, your mother, your grandmother, yeah. that that person who has done nothing wrong. You know, has done. It seemed like you know, we, what in, we know a, in this, a character sense. In a char- no, I'm just saying. Yeah. But like, as a, I'm just saying, in the range of of humanity of people who don't deserve yeah. to die, they picked the person that we you know collectively feel like ah oh, not that person like let that person go yeah and i thought it was interesting when betty hit her with the line uh you don't have kids do you and she you know and she when it forced her to confront which why she's doing this and mm-hmm. you know not about being evil but also like having kids you know yeah. like, what are you putting into this world yeah. Right. Yeah. You have children, and this is this is what you do. Yeah. Like, yeah. Real, like disgusted. Yeah. That's an interesting point that she brought up because I think often um, we always assume that people who do evil things are incapable of having people that love them and of loving others, and it's a very black and white way of looking at the world, and it's not a true way of looking at the world. You know that, and that's kind of what they always talk about when you think of a Philip and Elizabeth. The, the reason we root for these people and they do horrible things is because we see their humanity. We see them go home to their children. Mm-hmm. And that's a very realistic thing to, to realize that there really 
isn't anyone who's purely evil. That mm-hmm. people who have done horrible things still have people that love them, and they love other people. Yeah, yeah. you know. So, um, but yeah, evil. Yeah. I mean, I think that I, I might be wrong. I think this is the first time anybody's explicitly called Philip or Elizabeth evil. It's on the this first show. time I remember mm-hmm. that. Yeah, but that is true. That is what evil people tell themselves when they do evil. Yes, <laughs> it is. I did. Uh, I did like though yeah. that she. I was because I was picturing how the actual murder was going to take place. Mm-hmm. I like that she gave the sweet old lady the pill option. The yeah. slow, the slow, painless pill option. That's not really painless. It seemed yeah. kind of horrible. Like, I would have preferred a neck snap, but... You would have? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, oh, you, instead, instead of instead of the log slow knowing you're about to die, for yeah. sure. I don't know. I mean, great. It gave Go us more, more time with her, but... Knowing that is. she's capable of, you know, doing a quick kill yeah. headshot instead of the, um, instead of, you know, like the, the messy Hans headshot. I thought it was cute. I think next snaps are nicer. <laughs> I, thought was, I thought it was cute for a little old lady. I mean, it, it was... It just seemed by the end to be painful. Um, and that she was struggling a lot. And that was breaking my heart. I feel like... Yeah. If you're going to have to kill someone and you know you're going to have to do it, why make it any longer than it has to be? And yeah. And, but then again, with that said, if she had snapped her, ne- snapped her neck... Maybe she could have thrown it down the stairs or something, but right. it would have made it would have made it obvious that someone. I almost was there. I almost think it was because Elizabeth wanted to keep talking to her. Yeah. I think she was yeah, just fast, you know, like this well, woman. That's messed up, Elizabeth. It, it pro- probably is to some yeah. degree, but you know, this woman is almost like it's like a vision of her future. It's like a vision of her eventual death. Mm-hmm. They're for sure drawing the parallels between Betty and Elizabeth there, especially when yeah. Betty's talking about. The fact that she was married twice, once for love, and then once, you know, th- then the second time is the time it really stuck. That's I like what happened that. with Philip and Elizabeth, you know? They also gave us a little carrot of what does your mom do, and she says she blah, blah, works in an office, mm-hmm. and that yeah. you were supposed to connect that, that you're, yeah. you're my mother in some ways. Yeah, which, I like and we know, too. And we know that Elizabeth's mother's dying. Yeah. You know, that was, that's that happened. happened else. I like so, your point, too, about their marriage sticking now. Philip and Elizabeth, their marriage is sticking now. Yeah. It was yeah. one of the lines that, that Betty said. I thought I wrote it down, but I didn't, where she goes, um, you know, we stopped trying to do that thing where we try to make the person to the person that we mm-hmm. want them right. to be. Right. And we accept who they are. Martha did uh, it for Clark real quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Martha. But uh, on that note, do you, do you guys want to touch on, on Gabriel? Yes. And yeah, we definitely Philip should. Quickly? That last did, scene. Yeah. I thought we were going to get, we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. the, the Hank and Walt Breaking Bad confrontation in the garage, where he's like, you better tread lightly as soon as, and he confronts. I thought we were going to get uh, Philip just saying, like, if you come after my family again, I'll kill you. Like, I, that's how I thought the episode was going to end. That was the tone of his voice. It's almost how it ended, right? Yeah. I mean, I think they've been setting it up all season. Gabriel was kind of Philip's, like, Marco Martindale. You know, like, Elizabeth mm-hmm. uh, really did not get along with her. And mm-hmm. Philip, at some point, clearly got along with Gabriel. At some point, there used to be trust there. But yeah, all these all these, all these, these little manipulations and all these little ways Gabriel keeps getting under his skin. And even with the, how, that, would get, that would drive anybody crazy. Even with the Scrabble game. Yeah. I, I mean, Amatory. I just luck. love words, you know. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Geode. That's a good word. That's a smart word. He said wedlock means perpetual battle. That was great. That was great. That was yeah. a great moment. Yeah. You know what? Awesome. I also, um, I love that, you know, we have been debating how Gabriel is playing Philip versus how he's playing Elizabeth and which of them understand it. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a really, you know, great indication. He knows what's going on and he does not like it. You know, it's mm-hmm. like he's been playing along really well through his son being, you know, over in Afghanistan and all these other things. And this was his way of saying enough, no more. 
no for more. the most part. He's been yeah. kind of aggressive with Gabriel. I wouldn't be surprised if like Gabriel pulls some crazy yeah. move yeah. on him. Ooh. Um, we've always cause... we've always known that deep, deep, deep down, Philip is going to put family first over uh, over his country yeah. and his job and everything. Yeah. That's what That's he's how also really set it up to. for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm starting. I'm starting to get a pretty, uh, pretty well-rounded prediction in my head for I think how you this are? is going to end. Oh yeah, it's probably, it's probably kind of stretched. We can get to it in a second. Oh I, yeah. Uh, Do you have any thoughts on Gabriel and and uh, No, I just. I mean, I like that interaction, and I, I also mm-hmm. like that he finally used the word love. I like that he said, "I love you." I love Elizabeth, and I love, <laughs> I love you. you. Oh God, that's what triggered yeah. him. Right? That was I the mean, trigger. That was the yeah. Trigger. I, I just. I think it's. I think it's really interesting. Also, that. Well, what's the what's the word? Sorry, another Breaking Bad reference, but in the the Jesse Walt relationship, it's in the last season. Does he say love or he calls son or son or you calls him son? Moment that broke him. He says son, and then Jesse breaks down. I think that's Mm. great. It's the same sort of thing, right? Yeah, it's you know, it's interesting how they use love in this episode. You know that that Betty talks so much about her love for her husband as a way to kind of. One at first kind of plead for her life, and right. then kind of go to accept that she's going to, to die. Accept her death, sure. How Martha uses love as a way to kind of just get past that Clark is a traitor and not at all who she thinks he is. And then at first, Gabriel, you know, got Philip on his side by using love kind of as his tool, as his yeah. weapon. But then Philip eventually found a stronger love. I think that's what I think that's what this is. I think Gabriel's threatened by Elizabeth. Yeah. I have a quick question for what you just said. Actually, mm-hmm. you asked earlier, who do you, what do you think you know? What does Martha think she knows? What, what do you, who does she think Clark is? Like, do no, we have- no, I mean, I think she thinks he is a spy. Yeah. I definitely think she thinks right. he's a spy. No idea for who. I don't, I don't think she knows that... You do think she knows that he's a Russian spy? No, I wasn't no. thinking that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think she knows he's a spy, and she, she just cut herself off. Yeah. I, I think it's one of those things where it's like... <laughs> I love you, so I'm going to just like not right. see. Just like what, <laughs> just like what right. Clark said last episode. Yeah. You, I'm the man who you married. And yeah. That's got to be enough for you. And, uh, <laughs> uh, it should not be enough. It should not be enough. I just saw Bridget Jones' diary, Martha. And if Daniel Cleaver was enough for Bridget Jones, <laughs> Clark shouldn't be enough for you. That's all I'm going to say. Our movie references are on point this okay. week. It's a good one. So on that note, any other final thoughts? Um, just that I wish I had nailed the Paul Walker reference correctly. I want to look up. I want to look up whether Frank Langella and Lois Smith ever worked in a movie together. That'd that would be cool, be cool right? Got I mean, the two of them on here together. We got to get Lois Smith. Lois if you're listening, which you are, I'm sure you listen to this. <laughs> what is Lois Smith's Twitter handle? <laughs> I would be so fascinated to are talk to her after me? watching that. Yeah. To a future Golden Globe winner? Yeah, no. If the it's oldest, me, maybe the oldest Golden Globe. My Golden heart's Globe never winner? shattered so much watching television before. If it's, yeah. yeah, if it's not clear by our discussion, she's so completely, totally nailed that scene. Yeah, One of the best beautiful. acting performances I've seen on TV. One actor doesn't <laughs> yeah. want to get to die well, too. Right. You know, die so beautifully. Yeah. On that note, shall we go into predictions? Mm. Yeah. And now you're after Buzz TV. Okay, Matt. I always start with okay. <laughs> yeah, we always start I, with I, me. I, I feel like I have the weakest ones. I want to hear what you guys say first. Okay, I, yeah. I have a question before we do predictions mm-hmm. because I know every week we say something and something's come true, something's done. Our predictions don't have to like connect to each other week to week, right? They can. Mm-hmm. Like, if I predict general. something last week that's going to happen by the end of the season, yeah. can I predict something completely no, different? No, yes. you have to create an eternally consistent mythology no. with all your predictions. <laughs> your continuity has to be on point. <laughs> no, yeah, you can do it. Can tomorrow. we do that? Boo- Again. No, okay. no, right, no. no. Uh, my prediction is uh, that, <laughs> uh, yes. my prediction is the prediction music will come on. Uh, my prediction is that Paige um, isn't going to 
confront them this week. Next episode, they're going <laughs> to sandbag us again. Same. <laughs> um, it's never going to happen. The same preview every. Uh, no, well, let me make a. a and you re- got sucked in and <laughs> used it for your prediction last week, like I a know, cheater. <laughs> My prediction is that Elizabeth uh, is. Um, what's his name? Uh, Hans. Hans is going to make a move on her in a sexual way next week. Mm. Yeah, you can complicate yeah. things. I can see it. Yeah. Mm. I think next episode is just going to start with uh, with Jim and Kimmy like going at it. Like we're just going to like we've been like leaving the storyline alone for three episodes. It's just going to be like a shock moment. Like guess what? It, this is just happening, and you have to deal with it. Mm, yuck. Um, that's gross. I think. Like, where is Kimmy? Seriously, what's going on? I don't care, man. I don't want to see her again. Um, I think that there's going to be like a, a just a sweet, sweet like total change in tone. Philip's going to kill Gabriel. Uh, he's mm-hmm. going to kill him. He's going to go rogue. Stan's going to find out. Stan's going to be the guy that finds out. And there's going to be a... He, Stan's going to have to, like, decide, does he... What does he do? How does he handle it? And I think Gabriel's going to... Or I think Philip's going to go rogue. I think that's what's going to happen. Huh. <laughs> In season five, maybe. Yeah, yeah maybe it'll take a long time. But I, just, I, I think I predicted, like, an episode ago that they were both going to go rogue. So it'd yeah. be interesting yeah. to see if... Well, I guess rogue is something that might happen. Um, I think... To merge you guys' two predictions, that uh, Elizabeth isn't going to react to Hans until Philip starts to have sex with Kimmy, right. and then it's just there, it's inevitable. It's gotta she happen. might turn to yeah. Hans. It's like who can go younger? And it's just like <laughs> you don't know make it a competition. That they have been lacking on the sex scene. So if you don't, I don't really care that much for the Philip and the Kimmy. But if you want to show the Elizabeth and the Hans, that'd be okay. You want you want full frontal Hans? <laughs> no, 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 no. Episode just starts as full frontal. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> FX gets no, fired. Like it zooms out. It starts like really. Cool. What is that? What is that? Oh, Joel God. Fields is like Joel Fields is like yeah. This is this is the screening cut yeah. maybe they'll make this one on the air maybe they'll make Hans and Kimmy hook up just to screw with you yeah like how are you gonna That's feel boy- this is my new South African boyfriend maybe they will he's an exchange student at the high school I feel more comfortable with that at least they're closer in age anyways even though she's still underage okay so Matt where can everyone find you you can not find me at my apartment please let's stick with online Matt Ritter one on Twitter and YouTube Matt Ritter comedy. Um, Josh Richmond, I'm at joshrichmond.net. I'm on Twitter at Radio TFB. Ben Bateman, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ben Bateman Media. And I'm Adrian Snow. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Miss Adrian Snow. All right, guys, that about wraps us up for the Americans After Buzz After Show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next Wednesday. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Later. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 